Welcome to the Limitless Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us. We hope this message encourages you, inspires you, and helps build your faith. Enjoy the message. And uh, today we're going to focus in on, so we talked about singleness, we talked about dating, and now we're actually going to talk about marriage and what marriage is. Um, so maybe some of you might um, hear that word marriage and like, oh, that's a long time from now, or what does that have to do with me? Uh, that's for older people, right? Or uh, maybe you might feel like, hey, no, I want to hear about marriage. But either way, no matter what season you're in, um, the wisdom that we're going to talk about today about marriage is going to help you um, sooner or later. Okay, so um, I have a couple, I have a question. So who, by a show of hands, who wants to be married one day? Almost everybody here, or just about everybody here. <laughs> all right, so uh, I want to give you all some reasons why we're even going to talk about marriage uh, today. So a couple of reasons, or a few reasons why we're going to talk about marriage today is we all have different perceptions on what marriage is, and that's based on where we came from, who we grew up with, how our parents' marriages are, um, how, I mean, someone that you are close to, how their marriages are. Um, so we all have different perceptions, either good or bad. Um, so since we, like some of y'all were saying it's ball and chain, it's, it's horrible, right? So I know y'all are just joking, but I mean, everybody has um, different perceptions on what marriage is. So that's why I want to talk to y'all guys about what marriage is. Also, um, our perception or lack of perception on marriage affects the way you live your life today. Yeah. And maybe some of you might not be aware of that, but uh, maybe you might feel like, hey, if, if the way my par- parents' marriage is or was, I, if that's the way marriage is, I don't want anything to do with it. And uh, or I've heard people where um, their, their parents got a divorce and now their perception on marriage is, hey, I don't want to get married at all because um, I, I don't want it to end the way theirs ended. Uh, and I, I've seen, I mean, a bunch of different situations, but everybody here has different perceptions, right? Whether good or bad. Um, and having the right perspective of marriage today, having the right perspective would change your life for the better today. And it will also change your life for the better for your future. Um, also, it's, marriage is such an important decision in your life that it doesn't matter how young you are, everybody has to know about it. And, every, and since everybody raised their hand that they want to get married one day, you want to have the right perspective about marriage. Amen? Um, and also, here's something... Um, for y'all to remember, marriage is meant to make the best version of you. Marriage is meant to make the best version of you. So if y'all want to go to Matthew chapter 19, and I want to read Jesus's words. Uh, He's talking about marriage here. Matthew chapter 19, starting in verse 3. It says, some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife or just, for just any reason? And then Jesus responds this way. He says, haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. So that's a great scripture. And if, if you remember 
what we talked about last week, this is Jesus. He's actually referring to Genesis chapter 2, 24. He's, that's a direct quote from Genesis 2, 24. So, and I did a whole message last week on Genesis chapter 2. Um, but the first point I want to make, and like I said, Trelawney and I are going to tag team, so I'm going to bring the first point. The first point about marriage is marriage is a holy union. Marriage is a holy union. And marriage is a union between a man, a woman, and God. All right, and that's in verse, chapter, uh, verse 5. It says, and he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. Uh, it says, for God made them male and female. So it's a union between a man, a woman, and God. So what does this mean? This means that God no longer sees y'all as individuals. When you're, before you are getting, or when you are married, he no longer sees you as individuals. He sees you as one. And uh, it's crazy to think about that. It, it, he sees you as a one person. So when me and Trelawney got married, God no longer saw us as individuals. He sees us as one now. And the reason that's so important um, is because what this means is you're stronger together um, and you can handle more together. And also your purpose is greater together. So when we join together, so I had a purpose when I was by myself and she had a purpose when she was by herself. But when we joined together, man, that purpose became even greater. And we became even stronger together. Uh, it's a known fact that a workhorse by itself can pull 8,000 pounds by itself. Um, but two workhorses together cannot only pull uh, double, but can pull triple the weight. So one horse can pull 8,000 pounds. Two horses can pull 24,000 pounds together. Uh, but two horses that have experience with one another can actually pull four times their amount, which is 32,000 pounds together. So that's a lot, a lot more weight than just 8,000 pounds, correct? So that's the way God sees us together. It's, it's a holy union. We're stronger together. We have more purpose together. So marriage is for a purpose. And um, Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9, we could go there. It says... Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it says, I'm sorry, I'm over here taking forever. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to, to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So what does it mean by that? See, a marriage is strong when it's, when it's two people coming together, but when you include God, it's that much more stronger. A triple braided is not easily broken. Um, it, marriage is such a powerful thing that you can actually, with a man and a woman, reproduce another human being. That's how, if you think about that, how powerful that is, you could reproduce another human being that has its own purpose, its own God-given purpose. Um, and then I want to focus in on that part in Matthew 19 again, where it says, 
Let no one split apart what God has joined together. So why does it say this? The reason it says this is because Satan attacks the marriage more than anything else on the earth. And you may have never heard that before. But let me tell you how and why. In the beginning, in Genesis, um, when, God, uh, when God created Adam and Eve, Satan didn't attack Adam until Eve was created. And you could go back and read it. Adam was never attacked until Eve came into the picture. And that's when he came and he tempted them and he made them fall. And why do you think the devil attacks, attacks marriages? Exactly. They're, they're stronger. You could do more. But also, I believe this is so because I believe this. I believe that it's not until you're married that you truly reflect the image of God in your life. Because um, in the beginning, again, in Genesis, God said, let us create human beings in our image, in our likeness. And after he said that, he created the marriage. And so he created man and woman, he created a marriage to be his image and his likeness. And that's why when, when Satan sees a husband and a wife, it, it, he hates it so much that he tries to attack it because it, he's attacking God. It, it's, it's you're displaying God. You're showing the image of God. So that's why he's... He tries so hard to break up marriages, but just like Jesus' word says, let, let no one separate what God has joined together. Amen? Um, so remember, also another thing, it's a holy union. And I want to read this scripture in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 6, chapter 6. So we could go there as well. So marriage is a holy union. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, it says, Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scriptures say the two are united into one. There's that scripture again. He's, reading, he's referring to Genesis chapter 2, 24. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So run, say that, say run, run. from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. So sex is a union. That's what it is. And um, it, it's when you, you become one, like I said, we said in the beginning, it's a union. But that's why sex is reserved for marriage, because it's supposed to be a holy union. So when you have a union with somebody outside of marriage, that doesn't display the image of God. That's, that's, the, that's what Satan, that, that's Satan twists everything that God creates. The, the thing about Satan, he can't create anything himself. He only twists what God makes. And so that's what he does. That's his way of twisting God's image is he's, okay, well, let's have a union, but let's have it outside of marriage. So that's the first point we want to bring to you guys tonight is uh, marriage is a union it's, uh, it's, there's purpose behind it. Um, let no one split apart what God has joined together. 
and it's a holy union. And so I'm going to pass it on to Trelawney, and she's going to share some stuff right. with you as well. So that brings us to our second point, which is that marriage is a covenant. Um, and when you hear that word covenant, what do you guys think of? Are, have, have you guys heard the word covenant before? Yeah. Um, so the definition of covenant, what that means is that it's an agreement or that it's like a legal contract. And so marriage is a covenant, and I think that's something that in our culture, we just like have no idea what that means. You know, we think, oh, marriage is just something I want to do because I'm infatuated with this person, and um, I want to have a big wedding, and it just seems like the right thing to do. But when you get married, and when you stand before God, like when you get married, it's like what you're doing is that you're making a promise to that person before God. That like, hey, I'm committed to you for life. Um, it's not just something that, oh, you know, um, I can get out of. Like, no, no, no. It's something that is so serious. It's, and I think a lot of times in our culture, we look at marriage as it's something that is flippant. You know, it's not something that's not serious. That's something that can be taken lightly. But it's such a big deal. And it has, it's such a big part of your life. Like, after giving your life to God, this is the second most important decision that you can make. Um, and I think a lot of people look at marriage kind of like, like it's a fairy tale. Um, like, oh, like, like Cinderella, you know, Cinderella, she, she had her big, her big wedding and she married Prince Charming and then all her problems went away and then she lived happily ever after. Um, but that's not really how it is. Um, oh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me back up. So it's a covenant. It's a promise before God to be committed to your spouse. And so when you get married um, and you say your wedding vows to your spouse, it's like for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. Um, that means that no matter what life throws at you, that you're going to be there, that you are committed to your spouse, that there is no backup plan. Um, and that's what having a, a covenant marriage means, that, hey, I'm going into this knowing that um, there's not a backup a backup plan. There's no prenup. There's no whatever, whatever. Like the godly way to get married to say is when you're looking at it is to say, hey, this is for life. This is for the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, that no matter what happens, I'm committed to you, and you're committed to me. Amen. And that's the way that God wants marriage to be. And I think that the reason that the divorce rate is so high. Um, in our country is because so many people miss that you know they think oh I can get married and if it doesn't work out we'll just get divorced you know uh, but that especially as Christians that should not be our mindset about marriage like um, it's definitely not something to rush into and it's definitely not something that we should look at that hey we're just gonna get out of it like if hard time if hard times come um, when you make the decision to get married, you have to make up your mind that there's no backup plan, that you're going to do everything possible to stay with that person and to make it work out. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to choose your mate wisely. You know, don't just go and get, like I said, like go marry somebody because you're infatuated with them. But it's so important who you choose to spend the rest of your life with. Because I believe that marriage is directly tied to your purpose. And Stephen kind of touched on that a little bit already. Um, so I'm not going to go back into that. But Proverbs 4.23, if you want to turn there, I'm just going to say it. Or if you don't make a note, you can write it down. Proverbs 4.23, um, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Let me say it again. 
It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And that's always been one of my favorite scriptures. Um, because it's so true. Like, who you give your heart to and where you put your heart, that's where your life is going to go. Like, um, so you have to be so careful with who you allow to possess your heart. Because you know what, whatever they're into, then that's where they're going to lead your heart to go. Like, if they're not, if they don't love God and you give your heart to that person, it's not going to be long before, you know, your relationship with God is not going to be there. Um, You want to make sure that you give your heart to someone that you like where they're going. You see, like, where they are in their their life and you like the direction that they're headed. And I think um, it's like you have to guard your heart before you get married and you have to guard your heart after you're married. Before you get married, you have to guard your heart in the sense that you have to make sure you're not going to just give it away to the wrong person. Um, And then after you get married, once you make that covenant, once you make that commitment to to your spouse, then you have to guard your heart from other people and other things trying to come in after your heart. You have to like, like your heart has to be a stone to everybody else. Like, um, it's like once you get married and you say, I do, like, you cannot leave room for anyone else to come in because the devil, like, is at work and he'll try, you know, I think that's another reason why divorce is so such a big thing, too, because um, such a lack of commitment. You know, mm-hmm. if someone else wants to come in instead of, like, slamming that door, I think a lot of times there's a little crack and you can let people come in. And so you have to make up your heart, like, uh-uh, nope. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> so guard your heart. It's so, so important. And so that was the second point, which is that marriage is a covenant. So it's a commitment. It's serious. It's a big deal. And that leads us to our third point, which is that marriage is a real relationship. This is where I was getting ahead of myself. So marriage is a real relationship. So, you know, I think a lot of times, like, especially if you grew up watching Disney movies, you think that marriage is like a fairy tale. Like, oh, I want the big wedding. I want the the beautiful day, blah, 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 blah. And, um... But marriage is so much more than a wedding, and it is so much more than a fairy tale. It's, you know, Cinderella, like I said, Cinderella, she um, she had the big wedding, she married her Prince Charming, and then all her problems went away, and then she lived happily ever after. Guess what? That's not real life. <laughs> That's not a real relationship. <laughs> um, a real relationship takes work, and marriage is more than just a big wedding. You know, you can't get married because you want a wedding. And because you want a, an event. No, no, no. Marriage is a lifelong commitment. It's not one day. Yeah. Um, and, and not saying that marriage is bad. Like, marriage is wonderful. Marriage is such a blessing. Marriage is such a privilege um, to be able to be that intimate with someone and um, share life with someone. It really is a blessing. But it works for you if you work. Like, Marriage will work for you if you put in the work to make it work. It doesn't just happen on its own. It's not just like, oh, okay, like I wake up and I don't put in any effort into this and then it just is fine. And no, no, no. It takes effort, like any relationship. Like it takes communication. It takes patience. It takes um, being selfless. Like if you're a selfish person, marriage will probably kill you. Mm-hmm. And I think you may not, you may think that you're selfless. But wait, you'll get married one day and you'll be like, dang, I didn't know how selfish I was. Um, because once you're married, it's, not, it's no longer about you. You don't wake up and think, okay, what do I want to do? Where do I want to go? How do I want to spend my money? Guess what? It's not your money anymore. 
It's y'all's money. You know, it's y'all's time. It's y'all's life. It's not just your life. And so the whole purpose of marriage is for you to meet your spouse's needs. That's the way that it will be successful is, um, like, I can't wake up in the morning and just be like, okay, what do I want? You know, Stephen cater to me and me cater to me. No, like, we have problems if I wake up acting like that. You know, um, I have to wake up and say, okay, like, Lord, how, how do I need to, like, what needs does Stephen have? And that's how he wakes up and he takes care of me that way. And that's how, you know, it's supposed to be. Because, um, yeah, selfishness will kill you in your marriage. It will kill your relationship. Um, and marriage is meant to make you the best version of you. Like, that's the whole idea of marriage. Um, kind of like what Stephen was saying. And I was praying about this earlier. and praying about talking about marriage. And I was thinking about, you know, like, what I the house that I grew up in. My, mar- my parents didn't have the best marriage. And they ended up getting divorced. Um, but you know what? Like, just because they had a marriage like that doesn't mean that my marriage had to be that way and I think too like maybe you've been in relationships before and they weren't so good well just because you had you were might have been in bad relationships before doesn't mean that you can't have a good marriage in your future you can't let the decisions of your parents past or your past determine your future marriage Um, make this you know you can make choices today um, and heed wisdom that people are giving you about marriage and learn, you know, today um, so that you can set yourself up for success. Does that make sense? Amen. And so that brings us to um, our next point, which is... Uh, yeah, I just want to add on to that is um, marriage, along with that point, is marriage is loving one another. And the thing about love, it's not a feeling love is an action and love is a choice um, too many people see as oh, I'm, uh, i've fallen in love or i'm falling out of love love is not something you fall into or out of it's something that you choose every single day mm-hmm. um, and when we look at hollywood they change marriages like underwear and <laughs> that is very true. there's a reason for that because they see love as a feeling. A lot of people, and not just Hollywood in general, but just people in general, they see love as, uh, or marriage, if they don't love that person anymore, it's, it's a feeling. And when they stop feeling that passion for that person, hey, it's time to check out, it's time to go out, or hey, time to switch partners, I married the wrong one. But no, it's, it's um, and I want to give you all a definition of love, and it's straight from the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, it says, Love is patient. And kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So that's a good definition of love. Um, that's 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Um, but I, next, I want to just give you all some very practical ways uh, how to marry the right person for your life. Are you ready? Take notes. Write this down. Some very practical um, 
takeaways. And, and like I said, last week I spoke on dating and I gave some points if you're even ready to date or not. And uh, go back and listen to that message because you might not even be ready to date, but you could still store this wisdom yeah. in your heart. All right, but um, how to marry the right person for your life. Super practical. The first way is just to start with the basics. And what I mean by that, start with the basics, is um, their family. Because you don't, when you're looking to marry somebody, look at their family. Because you don't marry a person, you actually marry a family. And um, how is their family? Do they have the same values as you? Um, are, are they in, agree- uh, in agreement with your marriage? That's something really big to consider when you're actually uh, at that stage of your life of dating and actually looking to marry somebody. So how is their family? How is their personality is another um, thing to consider. How is their personality? And um, everybody has different personalities, but only some personalities can actually mesh well together, right? And some of you know that. Um, <laughs> Some of you, maybe you're with somebody that you can't even stand or you're always fighting or maybe at one point in your life you were with somebody in a relationship you couldn't even stand them and and you realize that didn't work out for you. So it's the exact same thing is not all personalities go together. So that's something to consider because our personalities, um, the way they are when when you're dating, they're going to intensify when you're married. Um, Another thing to consider is their values. Do y'all have the same values? Do y'all both believe in going to church? Do y'all both believe in, in serving God? Do y'all both believe um, in raising your kids in a Christian home? That's something to consider is their values. So that's the first practical way to start with the basics. Can I add something right there? Um, and don't go into a relationship thinking, oh, I can change this person. Yeah. Or like, I don't like this now, but oh, I can change this and this, hopefully this will change later. Like he said, like, no, if you don't like it now, you're not going to like it 10 times more whenever you're married. Like, it doesn't get better. It gets worse. And I think I've, we, I've actually heard from somewhere that, like, how someone is when they're dating you is actually, is like the best version of them that you're ever going to get. <laughs> um, so just keep that in mind. I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, so, yeah, the number one is start with the basics. Number two, this one's cool. Keep your hands off the merchandise. And... What I mean by that is, is sexual purity. <laughs> sexual purity is a very hard thing. And I'm going to be honest with y'all guys. It's a very hard thing, especially the closer you get to someone. Um, but something to keep in mind is when you violate the privacy of someone's purity, you dishonor and you disrespect them. It shows dishonor and it shows disrespect when you violate the privacy of someone's purity. Uh, Not only do you disrespect and dishonor them, you dishonor and disrespect yourself. You dishonor and you disrespect their parents. You dishonor and you disrespect God. So something to keep in mind. That's something to to pay very close attention to. Um, And when you violate the privacy of someone's purity, you ruin the chances of that person um, being the right partner for you. Yeah. Uh, it could ruin it. Could ruin it. Um, and, but just remember this, that you'll have years of intimacy in marriage. So honor your purity and honor their purity. And there's nothing like the feeling of um, being able to get married and knowing that like you did the right thing. 
Like, yeah. you don't have to look back and be like, oh, like, ashamed of this or, like, you know, um, yeah. Like, it's worth it. It's worth it. It might seem hard in the moment, but it's worth it in the, for the long haul, like, the, in the long run. So that's number two. Number three is uh, something to remember is to see what you see. See what you actually see. And it's kind of going back to what Trelawney was saying, uh, is to keep an eye on what, what's going on with their personality, what's, what's going on with their habits. Um, don't deny what you see from the person that you're dating. If you see a temper, if you, and, and don't get me wrong, nobody is perfect, no. right? Nobody's perfect, but some things to actually really pay attention to is how is their temper? Are they, um, are they flirty? Because if they're flirty when, when, uh, when you're dating, they're going to be flirty when you're married. Um, so do they have a bad character? Um, do they have anger issues? Are they selfish? Um, are they lazy? Those are all things to consider and to see what you see and remember that. Okay. And it's, um, it's, it's not really uh, judging anybody, but it's actually be discerning. Hey, is this person the right person for me? Because that's, you're investing for the rest of your life. So see what you see. No one is perfect, but see what you see. Um, number four, the fourth practical way is to listen to your parents. Mm. Listen to your parents' advice. And uh, it's funny <laughs> that so many of us think that we know more than our parents, right? Is anybody guilty of that? I'm guilty of that. Um, you think you know more than your parents, but your parents, um, they've, been, they've been through a lot more than we have. And um, I believe that God has placed in, in them godly wisdom, godly counsel um, to be able to give to you. And maybe, not your, your, maybe your parents aren't godly or maybe they aren't uh, living for Jesus or are saved. And, um, and, but... but Take their advice as far as, hey, if they don't approve of this person, then maybe it's something you should really consider to listen to them, listen to their advice. Um, and also, I mean, maybe uh, you're not ready to date, but your parents are like, yeah, go ahead and, and date. So that leads me to my next point is to listen to your pastors. All right. <laughs> listen to your pastors. This is the, the, the fifth <laughs> practical way. Uh, so the fourth is listen to your parents. The fifth is listen to your pastors. Um, the Bible says that in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. Mm-hmm. And um, I've given y'all story, different stories of, of people I've uh, given advice to where I told them, hey, maybe you shouldn't date that person. And instead, they went on and dated them and they ended up getting a divorce later on. And um, it's because, it, not that we know it all or, or the pastors know it all. But th- there's certain things that, that we could discern with spiritual authority that uh, maybe you can't. And um, it's something when you're dating, you've got to make sure you have some sort of spiritual authority that you could be accountable to or that you've come to for advice. Don't just go out and, oh, marry just the first person you see. Or so, you know what I mean? And maybe, maybe it could be the right person, but take it slow to where you listen to your parents and listen to your pastors. And I think, too, it's like, a lot of times when you're in a relationship, um, you kind of become infatuated with that person and it's easy to see only the good things and to black out like the things that are red flags to everyone else, which is why it's really good to get someone else's opinion and someone else, someone else's input um, because they can probably see something that you can't see because you have your blinders on. You're like, oh, yeah. I just love this person and they're just the best person in the world. 
and someone else could be like, oh, actually, <laughs> I could see, you know, this or this area, this area. Yeah, um, yeah so the next thing we want to do is um, open up this for questions. So like I said, it's a discussion. So think of some questions that you may have about marriage or about dating, something that you're, you've been thinking about or something that may be on your mind. Uh, we have already a couple of questions that have been asked, and we're going to uh, answer those. Um, so what are the questions? So the first question that we have that um, someone brought to us was, now that you're married, what would you do differently while you were dating in, or engaged if given the chance? So basically, like, if we could go back in time and do something differently during our time of dating and being engaged, what would we do? Um, do we need to answer that one? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, I think it was just enjoy the season that I was in. Because uh, when Stephen and I were dating and we were engaged, we did long distance. And so I think I spent about 90% of my time being like, I miss Steven, and I wish I was with Steven, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so I missed out, I think, I think on precious, like, um, family time that I could have had at the time, or, like, doing, like, certain fun things. I, I didn't enjoy, like, things that I did. I think I would have just, like, like, you have the whole rest of your life to be with that person and be married. Um, and not that I don't like being married, like, I love being married, but I think it's, like, just enjoy just enjoying that season, you know, of being engaged and like whatever, instead of like whining and wishing that I was with him twenty four seven. That's good. Um, I think yeah, just enjoy the season that you're in. Don't rush things. Just be happy where you are. Be still and enjoy. Um, second question that we were asked was, and this is a good one, so pay attention. Um, how do physical boundaries differ when you're dating versus when you're engaged? So, like, do they change? Like, how do boundaries, do they change from when you're dating to when you're engaged? We talked about that last week, too, about having boundaries. Um, and I believe they don't change at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you should still keep those same exact boundaries that you set up when you're dating and keep them the same when you're uh, engaged. Um, and what was, wasn't there another question added to that or something? Um, no. No. Okay. There was a, somebody, somebody told me that, that God had convicted, or they had set, bound, set boundaries like never to kiss when they were dating or when they were engaged, <laughs> that God had spoke, them, spoke that to them. Now, God never spoke that to me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, I don't know, that's, that's, that's kind of hard. But, um, yeah, like I think, like for me, a, a physical, or a boundary we had, okay, like, Kissing was fine, but anything further than that was not fine. And I believe that that should be the same for any, that should be the same for any godly couple is uh, nothing more than that because um, that's where you get yourself in trouble, right? So I think for me, um, because I kind of wrote down my answer to that was like, it's important to have boundaries. Like, like you said, like, you know, what might be okay for one couple might not be okay for another couple, and that's okay. Like, you have to just know, like, the big stuff that's... Okay, like, obviously, like, sex outside of marriage is not okay. So, like, what does that mean? Like, you're like, how far... How close can I get to the line without crossing the line? That's, like, any sexual act, like, is just, like, a no-no. And so you want to set up your boundaries, like, to help you not get there. Because it is hard, you know, like, um, the closer you get to being married. Like, you love this person, you're, you know, you're getting to know them more... Um, that's just something you have to really watch out for. So I think the more safeguards that you put in place to help you from doing that, the better. Like, yeah. And I think, too, you have to know yourself, know what you can and can't handle. 
talk to the Holy Spirit about it, you know, talk to your mentor about it, set up boundaries, let your mentor know what's going on, like at every stage in your relationship, and they can help you with, like, help you with that area of um, keeping those, maintaining those boundaries and keeping that purity. Um, Yeah, and I think it's just like, like you said, like, one couple might be okay with kissing, that may not be okay for another, and that's okay. You know, I think um, you have to really, like, know yourself and talk to the Holy Spirit about that. And be on the same page as partners. Don't be like, okay, in your own mind, have all this list of things that you're okay with, but, like, never communicate that to your partner. Like, you need to be on the same page. Um, and everyone needs to know what's going on. And, and also, it's, it's not about what you can't do. Like, yeah. don't focus so much on what you can't do. Focus on honoring God. Mm. Like I mentioned a little bit ago, focus on protecting their purity because God's entrusted that to you. So look at it like, hey, it's, if, you're, if you're a guy, you're dating a girl, look at it as, hey, man, that's God's daughter and I want to protect her purity. And same thing if you're a female, hey, that's God's son. I want to protect his purity. So remember that it's, it's not about what you can't do. And if you focus so much on what you can't do, you end up giving into that. Um, but I look at it kind of like fasting, like Every year we do a fast during January and we fast from certain things like food or uh, desserts or social media. And fasting in years past, to me, it was always about what I couldn't eat. And it was always miserable. It was always a miserable experience. Um, but this year, it, it wasn't so much that. So it, it, was, so, it was more like, hey, God, I, I want to receive what you have for me this year. I, I, it's not a, I'm not going to focus so much on food. I'm not going to focus on social media. I'm just going to get that out of my mind and focus on what you have for me. So it's kind of the same way wh- when you set up your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but does, and do any of y'all have questions that y'all wrote down or that y'all could think of? Maybe? Off the top of your mind, like, oh, I'm interested about this or... And don't be shy, like, we're here to, like, utilize us, like, we're here to answer questions. Nobody has anything? Nothing. It's okay if y'all don't have anything. <laughs> um, did those questions help y'all? Yeah. So, um, but go back, listen to last week's message, because uh, maybe a lot of y'all weren't here, and um, it could help y'all guys in y'all's approach to dating. So if y'all don't have any questions, we're just going to uh, end in prayer. So as we could, at this moment, we could just bow our heads, close our eyes, and let's just focus on what the Holy Spirit is speaking to y'all guys. Holy Spirit, we just honor you today, God. We honor your presence here in this place. We thank you for your word, God, for it is precious to us, Lord God, and we honor your word. We're thankful for your word, and we pray, God, that this word that went forth, God, that it would just resonate in our spirits, God. This wisdom that was spoken today, God, that that we will remember it, Lord, all the days of our lives, that we will take it, Lord God, and uh, listen to your word, God, for what it says I pray for every person here, God, that no matter what season that they're in, God, that you're with them today, God. You're strengthening them, God. You're helping them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you uh, prepare each and every person here for everything that you have for them, God, for you have an amazing plan. You have an amazing purpose for each and every person here. And I pray, God, that you just begin to give people, Lord, identity, begin to give them purpose, begin to give them strength, begin to give them faith. God, an encouragement today, Lord. God, give them, Lord, hope, Lord, for their future. God, fill them today with your peace in the, the journey, in the state that they're in today. God, give them peace. God, give them contentment in where they are today, Lord. 
We pray all these things in your mighty name. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please subscribe. That way you will always be in the know. Also, if you were impacted by the message today, please consider sharing it by clicking the share episode button or even taking a snapshot and sharing it on your social stories. We'll see you next time on the Limitless Podcast.